0: Welcome to Mimi's message. Today we are talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We all know that the Holy Spirit gives us fruit as well. We have the fruit of the Holy Spirit that comes in seed form and it all comes through love. You know, um, it is watered by the word of God, which is the water, and the light is God Himself. So we all know that, you know, the fruit of the Spirit comes from Galatians. but we are going to look at the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think, you know, the Bible says in Acts that in the last days, you know, he will pour out, God will pour out his His spirit upon all flesh, right? and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will see visions and i believe that we are in those times where it's the last days and a lot of people are feeling the you know the presence the presence of the lord and the the, the fire of god and the anointing of the lord and, and the spirit of the lord on them and i believe that you know getting clarity of what the the gift of the holy spirit is is very important and we know that, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit is found in 1 Corinthians 12, to 14. You know, it includes the gift of um, word of knowledge, um, wisdom, faith, healings, miracles, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the gift of faith, I think, and prophecy. I'm, if I'm forgetting one of them, um, but that, that's what we're going to talk about today. So get your Bibles and your pens and your your books and let's have an overview of what the fruit the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is all about. ladies. Alright, so I want to invite you all to Redemption Conference. I don't know about you, but I love going to women's conferences. Just having a time to just really reflect internally and allow God to just do His work in me, you know? And also network with all the women and really be fed spiritually. I absolutely love conferences, women's conferences, to just really grow. I feel like every time I go, I come back home or i just feel a change you know a change internally emotionally i just feel refreshed you know so i want to um invite you to redemption conference it's happening september 11 to 12 um it's virtual so you can literally put on your pajamas you know get some popcorn and put on your iphone or your computer or your tv and really enjoy a time of networking, a time of healing, a time of worship, a time of prayer, and a time of being fed spiritually from your couch or from your bed. How amazing is that, right? Anyway, I love Redemption Conference. I think that, you know, it's beautiful to see women come together to heal, to really grow, and to learn, and to reach for purpose together, and most importantly, to have, to seek, you know, wholeness and freedom, from whatever it is that you know the enemy might be trying to put on them so I want to invite you to redemption conference uh, you will definitely love it i I absolutely um, love walking in obedience and doing what God is calling me to do so you can literally go on eventbrite it's uh, redemptionconference redemption um, conference dot redemption conference so you can go on there and get your ticket um, if you have been affected by the coronavirus and you don't have a job, we totally understand. You can come for free or you can sow a seed. Whatever you can sow. You can sow a dollar, two cents, uh, $20, $50, $1, $3, whatever you can sow. You can sow nothing if you don't have money we understand trust me we really do so you can definitely come and enjoy yourself you know so um go on to redemption conference 2020.evenbright.com and get you a ticket love you and hope to see you virtually
1: the a deep place is God.
0: yep so every ticket that is sold for redemption conference 2020 um 10 of it goes to um project girl which is a movement by it's like um, a project that is funded by joyce myers ministries and it's basically to um restore young young girls and women to give to show them the love of christ um, and to build them up because uh, of many of those girls that are in the project girl movement they have been through sex trafficking they've been through traumatic events in their lives and what Joyce Myers is doing is very phenomenal because what she's doing is that she's rebuilding these women some of them have even been given to marriage at a very young age you know less than 12 years of age they're getting married because in that In their culture that's how it's seen that is what you know marriage is that is the time that women get married but um that can really have a lot of traumatic experiences for for people and so and also there are you know women that in certain countries um being born a female is not something that's celebrated because they like more males you know they like to have more males in the family so a lot of women feel like they're the black sheep or they're they're left out so you know project girl is to basically um restore these women's identity in christ and restore their hope and show them the love of christ you know so every 10 percent of um every ticket that's sold, 10 percent of it goes to project girl which is um in movement foundation by joyce myers ministry all right so let's go into um what we're talking about today for um the the gift of the holy spirit Alright, so let's pray, Lord. I just thank you for today. We bless your holy name. We love you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, the seen and unseen. God, we have our, our heart posture towards you. Um, today is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. God, we would not take it lightly that you are blessing us with today to live a life full of grace and life full of hope and a life full of faith in you. We walk by faith and not by sight. So i pray that lord as we go in today and we study your word and we look at the gift of the holy spirit i pray that lord you remove anything out of our heart that might be clouding our, our mind and our heart so we can receive what you want us to receive i pray for a heart posture of learning a heart posture of obedience a heart posture of knowing you deeper God and I pray that your will Will be done Holy Spirit you are welcome here Take over decrease me and increase Yourself and it's in the name of Jesus I do pray amen So I like Matthew 7 12 To I think 23 Uh, We're going to be looking at different Parts of the Bible so I'm going to be Jumping around you might want to just Jot this down these verses down Or you might want to have your um, Your Bible open while I'm reading it so I'm reading from the King New King James Version. Um, it says, so Matthew seven twelve. it says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the Lord and the prophets. And then it says on um, 13, it says, um, enter, by, uh, um, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to distraction. And there are many who go in by it basically meaning that narrow is the gate is basically the gate to heaven the gate the gate to salvation and broad is the gate to destruction meaning the world and the things of the world and um, so i'll say so matthew 7:14 it says because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it meaning that there are few who really are open and willing to go through the sufferings that you have to go through as a christian because honestly just because you are saved doesn't mean that the enemy is going to leave you alone actually that is when the enemy wants to target you the most because now you are you are bought with the prize of what the word says the prize meaning that you're bought with the blood of jesus you are a um a a a, a precious jewel to the lord you are a daughter of the lord you're a son of the lord so in that time you know you are really you have been born. you you have been entered into salvation entered into the 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 kingdom of god you know you have been entered into being a sheep of of you know being a sheep to the shepherd who's jesus christ so of course you're going to be you know a target for the enemy the enemy doesn't leave you just because you are saved the enemy really attacks those that are saved and those that are submitted saved and submitted to the lord um so that's why it says that it's difficult because it is difficult you know sometimes it is difficult but we are not to live this life you know this this life of salvation we're not to live this life of grace that god has blessed us to live this righteous life we're not to live it you know in our own might or in our own power but we are to rest in the lord which is why the, the bible says that in our weakness we have to we are to boast in our weaknesses because in our weakness god is strong right um so Matthew 7, 15 says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are a um, raven wolves." Right, and I'm, I want to expose you to these because I want you to realize that though we are talking about the you know the gift of the Holy Spirit, there are prophets that have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but then there are those that don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but they are tapping into a different. Source of um, power. So I want I want you to um, know this before we go into the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's keep reading Matthew 7:16. It says that. Um, All right. So let's keep reading. It says um, Matthew 7. 16 it says uh, you will know them by their fruits do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs of thistles even so every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit so you remember what the bible says that in i believe it's in john um john fifteen five. it says i am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit apart from me, you can do nothing. And it goes back to you know being able to bear good fruit or bad fruit. If you remain in God, if you remain in Jesus Christ, of course you're gonna bear good fruit. Um, so 19 it says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the into the fire. you know um, and that symbolizes the fire is basically you know hell when the time comes jesus comes for his bride you know we the bad fruit those that don't those that don't want to know him you know those that their heart is not for the lord they don't want to have anything to do with him they're going to be cut and thrown into the fire so that's what it's saying um and 20 says therefore by their fruit you will know them exactly if you know you I think the best way to know a Christian is is a Christian not telling you they're a Christian, is is their example, is how they live their life. Just who they are as a person will tell you. You know, this person is a Christian. You ask them, are you a Christian? Because, you know, you the, the way you act is so nice. You're so kind. You know, you. That's why the Bible says that we are to be the light, you know, of the world and the salt of the earth. I think the best way for people to realize us, realize that we are Christians is not the bumper sticker, you know, on our car or the cross on our neck. But how we live our life in front of people, how we demonstrate Christ, the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, the mercy of Christ, you know. I think, you know, the Bible says that, you know, above all, you know, put on love, you know, um, above, above all of these, love is the greatest, you know. So yes, you know the gift of the Holy Spirit is amazing and it's wonderful and it's great. But if you don't have love, you don't you 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 really don't have anything else. So I wanna I wanna put a a a, uh, a stamp on this and let you know that having the gift of the Holy Spirit is is truly amazing. It's it's really um, God ordained. But if you don't have the commun- communion with the Lord. if We don't have relationship with the Lord if you don't have love for yourself and for others. You know, which is the commandment is to love the Lord your your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't have that, then you know um, you have really def- you you the the purpose of being a a uh, disciple of the Lord is is not only tied to being able to function in the gift of the Holy Spirit is more than that. It's being able to know love and give love. Okay, Jesus um, walked in love. He was love in person. He embodied. He embodied so many things, but one thing that he embodied was compassion. And I honestly, God has been talking to me about compassion. You know, especially this year compassion is so important i believe that to have the gift of the holy spirit and you don't have compassion it's like being able to have a car and you don't have the keys to the car how are you going to use it you know it's it's pointless so um i will i want you to really ask yourself posture yourself right now and ask yourself how is your heart posture to the lord How is your relationship to the Lord? How is your relationship with yourself? How is your relationship with, you know, your neighbor, your your friends, and your families? Okay, Um, because you know, um, in the in in Christianity, right? In Christianity, we have the fivefold ministry. Um, It's the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the um, teachers, and the pastors. So Jesus walked in all of this. Jesus had was was the fivefold ministry in body, in action, okay? He was he was all of that in person. And so whenever he needed to be an apostle, he was able to be an apostle. Whenever he needed to be a prophet, he was. Whenever he needed to be an evangelist, he was. Whenever he needed to be a teacher, he was. Whenever he needed to be a pastor, he was. But one thing that he flowed through all of these different, um, you know, mantles of, of the five-foot ministry was compassion and love. He flowed through all of them. How was Jesus an apostle? He had disciples, okay? He had 12 disciples. And he trained them. He, you know, he anointed them. And before he left, he told them, you know, in, in the book of Acts... Wait for the Holy Spirit. And that's key. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because honestly, you can never go out there and walk in your gift of the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit. It it don't make sense. It's like saying that you are a pastor and you don't know the Word of God. You know, you are a preacher, but you don't know the Word of God. Or you're a teacher, but you don't really know the Word of God. It, it It just doesn't work out. Which is why Jesus told the disciples, wait in the upper room, wait for the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that it is not by our might or our power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. It's by the Spirit of the Lord that we do the things that we do. Okay. Which is why the disciples in the book of Acts had to wait for the Holy Spirit. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit because that, that is the fuel, that is the key to being able to you know, revive people from the dead, being able to work in their gift. Because the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit gave them gifts you know. When the Holy Spirit was poured upon them, they started to speak in unknown tongues, yet they understood what, what you know, what was happening. They knew that the Holy Spirit had come in the room and it has filled them up and they were speaking in different tongues. And that's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When it comes on you, you will start to speak in tongues. Maybe some people have different gifts the holy spirit gift is nine of them i'm going to talk about the ninth gift of the holy spirit but you know it's it's important that you realize that love is the key to all of this all right so we have established that love is the key to all of it compassion is the key to all of it okay let's look at um let's look at what it means to basically walk in love let's look at the life of jesus christ i want i want us to look at that um, I wanted to just start and dig into the gift of the Holy Spirit but I feel God leading me to really point out the times when Jesus really showed himself as compassionate you know walked in love and also walked in the different gift of the Holy Spirit and also walked in the mantle of you know the 5 ministry because I'm talking about the 5 ministry because the majority of people who are called into the fivefold ministry have these gift of the holy spirit okay they operate in it and i will i will say that um about um you know i would say at least three or four three or four gift of the holy spirit is in the people that are called to the fivefold ministry um you know of course, you might have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but you are you might not be called to the to the five foot ministry that doesn't mean that you don't you are not um chosen you are still chosen It's just the five five foot ministry are for people who God have ordained to be part of that you know mount part of the that fivefold ministry they are preordained for that like Jeremiah was preordained to be a prophet he said, "I knew you in your mother's womb before you were even born." So God already pre-chose him to be, pre him for that calling of a prophet, okay? So um, let's look at when Jesus was an apostle. Jesus Jesus was an apostle when he told the disciples to go um and make disciples. You know, in Matthew 28 and 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is what God what Jesus told the disciples and teaching them to obey everything I have commended you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that's what disciples um apostles do. They are there to plow and to plant and to teach and train others to go forth and be you know the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, and be the the disciples, be the prophets, and apostles, be the um you know the pastors and the teachers. They train, okay. So this is where Jesus was being an apostle to them. You know Jesus washed your feet. You know, um I I believe that a lot of people want to be in the five four four ministry, and they they have an understanding that you are a servant when you are in, you know, a leader is a servant, when you are in um when you are in a leadership position as a a person in the five foot ministry apostle prophet um teacher evangelist you know pastor you are a servant you are not you know uh, the the way to be a leader is to be a servant that is what the bible says a way to be a leader is to be a servant um it says in i believe um let me see it says in Luke yep I would say in Luke twenty two twenty six. but ye shall not be so but he that is greatest among you let him be as the younger and he that is the chief as he that do it serve you know um that's I think that's um King James Version let me look at this one um let's look at this one it says um Matthew twenty twenty five twenty eight, 28. But Jesus called them... To himself and said you know that the rulers of the gentiles lord is over them and those who are great exercise authority over them yet it it shall not be so among you but whoever desires to become great among you let him be your servant and whoever desires to be first among you let him be your slave just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many so meaning that he didn't come to be you know boastful and say oh you know i am the greatest one ever he came as a servant he came as a humble servant you know he came to serve that's why he he washed the feet of the disciples they are supposed to wash his feet but he washed your feet you know and that's part of being compassionate but that's part of being showing the gift of love you know um and so that is what apostles do they are servant as a leader you are a servant you are not a somebody that is looking to be served okay I want to I want to talk about this because I many people want the gift of the Holy Spirit. Many people want it but they don't realize that it it comes with you walking in humility. It comes with you walking in servitude, okay? Being a servant. It comes with you being humble, being 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 so many things that the Lord, you know, characteristics, like characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, you know, long suffering you know forbearance um self-control kindness faithfulness you you can't not walk in the gift of the holy spirit if you don't have the fruit of the holy spirit so that's why god want me to spend time talking about what truly is that jesus did on earth when he was here you know as the word in flesh that he did walk in love so i talked about the apostles let's look at when jesus was a um a prophet okay when Jesus was a prophet, when you look in John four, you know, at the woman at the well, the woman, you know, at the well, Jesus came to her and said, Hey, can I have, you know, some water? Can can you give me some water to drink? And the woman was like, Don't you know that you're not supposed to talk to me? And Jesus said, um and, and the woman said in John four, eleven, she said, Sir, the woman said you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water because jesus said to her in john 10 um so this is what jesus said she said um i would say let's read john john 4 7 when a samaritan woman came to draw water jesus said to her will you give me a drink his disciples had gone into the town to buy food the samaritan woman said to him you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman how can you ask me for a drink for Jews do not associate with Samaritans 10 Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and this is what Jesus is saying to her you know if you knew the gift of God which is salvation you know and the um the washing of the word and the living water of the word um and you knew who who's talking to you. Basically the son of God, the word of God itself is talking to her, you know. If you knew you would you would have given you know, you um you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She would have asked him for water instead of him asking her for water. Anyway, let's read this. Um let's continue. Eleven Sir the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his li- livestock um 13 um and say as did also his sons and his livestock so 13 Jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed the water i give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that i won't i won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water that was a smart that was a smart request that she did um 16 it says he told her go Call your husband and come back. This is where God this is where Jesus is a prophet. Okay, his prophetic mentor is coming out. She, he's about to prophesy to her right now. Um seventeen. I have no husband, she replied, which is the truth, right? Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just what you have just said is quite true this is where jesus is using his prophetic anointing okay and this is also where you see the gift of um the word of um knowledge okay i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about that later on that's one of the gift of the holy spirit which is word of knowledge knowing you know things about people that only the holy spirit will tell you the person will not tell you and the word of knowledge is either true or false. She could, have, she could say, yes, that's true or that's not true. You know, the word of knowledge is like, I would say, like, knowing somebody's name without them telling you. Knowing where somebody lived without them telling you. Knowing, knowing the past and the present things of people. Like, you know, I'll go into it later on. But let's look at this. Um, it says in 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and he has come now. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and in, in his worshipers And his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, so this is where you see the prophetic mantle of Jesus Christ come out. Um, this is where he's using his, you know, his, his um, different gift to show this woman that, you know, he knows about her and he accepts her as who she is, you know. And he sees her. You know, the woman came to set to to get some water, but actually, she she came to meet the savior. She came to get, you know, to be seen. She came to be to be rec- recognized, to be to be um, to be saved by God. You know, she came there, meeting Jesus, meeting with all her baggages, with all the things that she, um, you know she she went through or all the things that she she was hiding from people jesus saw it and she still and and he and she still was able to stand before the king of kings and 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 be seen by him and be loved by him okay another time that we see the um the um the compassionate power of who jesus is as a pastor i would say that you know he was a pastor during this time Maybe you might say different wise, but I think he was a pastor during this time. You know, um, pastors are very compassionate people. They have to be compassionate because a past- this is what I believe the difference between a pastor and, and a, um, a teacher is. A pastor will literally sit with you for hours while you cry and you talk about your issues and you keep on talking about it, and they'll call you many times, and they will, you know, check on you and all that. Pastors are shepherding the people. Okay, they are like the shepherds. They are really, they really, like, they go about day day-to-day process with the people, because a shepherd, you know, is with the is with the sheep from morning up to morning down, you know, to to sun up to sundown. They are with the sheep all the time, you know, removing thorns from their legs, giving them food, um, you know, making sure that they're okay. That's what pastors are. They're they're shepherds. They care about them, you know, and I'm not saying that apostles are not shepherds. They are, but they're, they have a different grace for being a shepherd. Okay. Um, pastors are more closer to the shepherd, to, to the sheeps than, than apostles, than, prophets than evangelists even than teachers because listen this is how it is that's why unity in the in the apostolic in in the um fivefold ministry is so important because everybody in the fivefold ministry has their purpose everybody has their purpose okay so a pastor has his purpose this is what a evangelist does evangelists come to the town you know for revival okay And somebody, and the evangelist preaches, you know, teaches the word of God or preach the word of God. Okay. And somebody gets saved and the evangelist leave the town and go to another town. Jesus did that a lot. He went from Galilee to Bethlehem to Jerusalem, to different places. And he preached the word, right? And he, he revived the hearts of the people. That's when he was an evangelist. And then the evangelist leave, right? But who's going to tell the person who just got saved about jesus christ about how to live their life or even teach them the word of god or, or help them with their day-to-day struggles that's when the teacher and the, and the pastor comes in okay the teacher is at the church teaching the word of god on bible studies right and the pastor is shepherding the the, the sheep okay when does prophets and an apostle come in prophets come in to tell the person hey you know you are saved you're part of the kingdom of god this is what god in you know, this is what what they're seeing that god is saying the, the spirit of the lord is telling them you know that you are you know somebody that god is going to use to to reach children in this community or in usa or in africa or this this that so they're going to prophesy to them about their future what god envisioned for them or even the thing that they might be struggling right now that god sees okay that's where the prophet comes in. And when the prophet gives them information about what, what God is giving them concerning the person, concerning the sheep, guess what? That is edifying them to to, to know that there is a God. That's what prophecy is to uh, you know uplift the person. Excuse me, it's uplift the person and to give glory to the Lord. Every gift of the Holy Spirit is to give glory to Jesus. When you walk in your in your mantles of the five-foot ministry, it's not for you to be seen. It's not for your glory. It's for the glory of the Lord, you know. So when a, when, when a person who's saved is, encounters a, a prophet, and the prophet is telling them all these things, and it's true, like just like the, the woman at the well, you know, they're like, wow, that is so true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that is where a prophet is important in the five four ministry that's why we are to be united you cannot push each other aside you gotta be united and so um where does an apostle come in an apostle might come in when let's say maybe the person is saved but they have you know generational curses that they need to break off that is might be you know causing them issues to go forward in work in who god has called them to go that's when, that's when an apostle come in and, and you know, um, with, the, with the power of God that they have, maybe they walk in, in um, the gift of miracles, the power gift, which is, which is faith, healing, and, and, and miracles. They're able to deliver somebody from demonic, you know, beings or um, generational curses that their family might be in. we've been listening so far let's take a moment and just um really soak in the song it's called Yahweh by All Nations So now that's why it's important that we are, we are united. That's why it's important that the fivefold ministry is united to so that the sheep feel that they have um you know leaders that are in one accord that they are um able to lead them the right way, you know? And so uh we have talked about the five foot ministry. I want to look at examples in the Bible where Jesus was using compassion. Um let's look in um I say let's look at Matthew 15:32. It says, "And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now 3 days and have nothing to eat." and I do not want to send them away hungry for they might faint on the way and this was when before Jesus fed the thousands of people with fish and um loaves of bread um that's when he he multiplied it and he fed all of them you see he said I feel compassion for the people you have to be to be able to walk in miracles you gotta have compassion for the people that you want to see the miracle being blessed for meaning that the people that the miracle is going to bless you have to have compassion for them again it says here in um i would say um it says in matthew 8 3 jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying i am willing be cleansed and immediately his leprosy was cleansed uh it says matthew um Nine thirty six. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited, like sheep without a shepherd. That shows you that if you are a sheep, if you are a sheep, you have a, a shepherd that has compassion for you. Jesus was is the um the ultimate shepherd. You know, he's our shepherd, all of us. So he's he's um. Showing an example of what a shepherd should feel, how a shepherd should see his his sheep's, okay, as a compassionate shepherd. Matthew fourteen fourteen he says when he went ashore he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Okay, Jesus walked in compassion. Matthew twenty thirty four moved with compassion. Jesus Jesus touched his touch excuse me move with compassion jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him okay mark um six thirty-four. again talking about he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd he began to teach them many things mark 8 um two to three i feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me for three days, you know, Jesus feel compassion for, for his people, for his shepherd, for his sheep. So, if you are, you know, somebody that is desiring to walk in the fivefold ministry to have the gift of the Holy Spirit, the most important thing that you need to have is compassion, is to have compassion for the people. So let's look at a time where, um, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. Let's look at an evidence of that, and we can see that in um, Act 19. So I'll read Act 19, 1b. Uh, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, No. We have, I mean, they answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive john's baptism they replied paul said john's baptism was a baptism of repentance he told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in jesus and that is true because paul's baptism was to baptize the people to repent from their you know their sinful ways um on so five, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So because Paul has the Holy Spirit, he's able to give the Holy Spirit by placing his hand on them. Remember, Saul became Paul. So, yeah, we know that there was a a transformation that happened that Saul became Paul. And it's only by the grace of God and the anointing of the Lord that somebody who hated, you know, those that spoke about the name of the Lord is then transformed to be someone who is um, baptizing people in the Holy Spirit and teaching about the the name of the Lord. Um, So we see in... um, Act nineteen five that um you know he placed his hand on them and they they um they received the holy spirit and they got um you know they got the gift of the holy spirit which is tongues and they prophesied as well so let's look at um eight so um act nineteen eight Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Um, So let's look at 10. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirit left them. So he did miracles. He did miracles in delivering people from from demons. Um, And I'm going to touch on false prophets and false teachers and false um people who, who want to work in this type of miracles, but they don't really know the source, who is God. They don't really Um, have a relationship they don't really have a anointing from the lord to walk in it so 13 it says some jews went some jews who went around driving out evil spirit tried to invoke the name of the lord jesus over those who were demon possessed okay they would say in the name of jesus whom Paul preaches. I commend you to come out. So this is what is happening here because they saw that Saul had the anointing of the Lord to walk in this miracle, um, ab- this uh, gift of miracles. He was able to drive out demons, but because these Jews don't really know God, they don't really know God personally. They, they've not been transformed by the Lord. They were trying to tap into the same anointing, but they cannot because You cannot tap into something that you don't have, right? So let's look at it. So we see that they're trying to tap into um, what Paul is doing by trying to walk in the same anointing, but they don't really know God. They don't really know the anointing of the Lord. They don't really, you know, know the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit, which is why Jesus told the disciples, you got to wait um, before you go out and start ministering because you need the Holy Spirit. You wait for the Holy Spirit because this is what happens when you try to walk in your own might and in your own anointing. Uh, we don't have anointing. Only through the Lord that we have anointing. Only through the Lord that we're able to do the things that we do. You know, able to walk in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Able to be one of the um, five-foot ministry you know, um, leaders. All right, so let's keep reading. It says some Jews who went around driving out. Okay, so let's see this. It says, God did extraordinary miracles to Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirit left him. I wanted to point out that this is how handkerchiefs became about. You know how people started to sell handkerchiefs? This is what they uh try to um embody this is what they try to bring out because they they read in the word that this is what happened but you you gotta have the right motive, and also you got to be led by the spirit of the Lord. if the Holy Spirit is telling you to, telling you to sell handkerchiefs um you know that is anointed then um that's something you should do. but if the Holy Spirit is not telling you to do that, then don't do it. Um, I think a lot of people started to do this in, you know, many years ago, selling handkerchiefs and saying that this handkerchief is going to, you know, help you with your sickness or help you with that or that. If it's not Holy Spirit led, it's not going to work, you know, Uh, if it's human motive, human desire, then you're tapping into, you know, the demonic realm, you're tapping into satanic um, source, you know, which is why it's important to be led by the Holy Spirit, okay? Okay. So let's keep on reading. Um, 13, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord over those who were demon-possessed. Um, they, they would say, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you out to come out. Um, Paul said, In the name of Jesus. But they said, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they don't even know the name of Jesus. They're using. They're saying, you know, the one that Paul is talking about, um, they're using that to command demon-possessed people to be freed. You cannot use that, you, you cannot say that to to drive out a demon. Because they don't know Jesus, because they don't know who he is, they don't know the anointing of the Lord, they don't really have a relationship with God, they cannot really stand on the basis of saying, in the name of Jesus, right? Because uh, only through the Holy Spirit can one say Jesus is Lord. Only through the Holy Spirit can one um, acknowledge that Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Son of God. You know, He's anointed one. Only through the Holy Spirit can one say that out loud and actually believe it. Okay? So, um, Acts 19.14. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. So, these are the people that were doing it. Um, the sons of Sceva which was a Jewish um, chief priest, one day the evil spirit answered them. So they kept going around saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And then one day, one one day the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? So this is the evil spirit talking to them. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. This is what happens when you go and you try to walk in authority that you don't know or you don't have, which is why we are not to go to places that the Lord has not anointed us to go to or has not called us to go to or called us to do, you know, because when you get there, you don't have the anointing of the Lord to do it. These men were trying to walk in the anointing that Paul had, but they don't. They don't, they, they did not have the anointing of the Lord, you know, and it's so important to know this because what you, when you do go out of the will of God or go out in your own power or try to imitate, we don't imitate God. Okay. We don't imitate the things of the Lord. We walk in the things of the Lord. He gives us grace to walk in the, in those things, um, the devil imitates the devil imitates you know, and he he doesn't do a good job at it the, the The devil is a copycat, okay we don't copy the Lord, he gives us gift he he we receive the 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 things of the Lord so that we can be able to walk with him okay we don't copy things we don't that's why it's important if you're called you don't look at somebody else and copy how they preach or how, how they do a thing or how they act. Because when you're doing that, you're, you're opening yourself to demonic things. You're opening yourself to be overpowered by, you know, where, where you think that you're being called to. It's, it's important to walk in who God has called you to walk in. If you preach with, you know, with a loud voice preach with a loud voice if you preach with a soft voice preach with a soft voice if you sing with you know um a very deep voice sing with a deep voice if you sing with a very soprano sweet voice do it however god has called you to do a thing to walk in your um your anointing walk in it because his anointing is on you is is around you is in you okay he's with you this this call of the Lord is not for you to just go by yourself. He's with you. He has angels with you. Okay. So these people did not have any angels nor any spirit of the Lord with them. They weren't in their own power and they were overpowered by the demon. Okay. So this should let you know that um, it's important to to receive the Holy Spirit and also to know how to walk in in the, in the anointing that has been given to you let's keep reading 17 when this became known to the jews and greeks living in ephesus they were all seized with fear the name and the name of the lord jesus was held in high honor exactly right because they realized that they cannot tap into that same glory they cannot tap into that same anointing because they don't really know the name of the lord 18 it says many of those who believe now came and opened openly confessed that they had openly confessed what they had done um, 19 a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly praise the Lord for that when they calculated um, the value of the, the scrolls the total came to 50,000 um, basically it came to 50,000 of um, the scrolls the sorcery the incartations that they had So a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incartation books and burned them at a public, you know, bonfire. The value of the books were several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. So they realized that, you know, they cannot really walk in that sorcery because they were trying to walk in the... In, the, in that type of, you know, you cannot drive out evil with evil. You can't do that. Only good can drive out evil. So only the, the the Lord can drive out demons, right? Which is why when they try to say that, you know, Jesus was using evil powers to drive out demons, Jesus said, no, that can never be. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can, dra- can drive out darkness. Okay, so we see that having the Holy Spirit is important because you cannot you cannot walk in power. You cannot walk in miracles without the Holy Spirit with you. And we see the same thing happen here in Acts eight. We see um you know Simeon, Simeon the sorcerer. So I, I wanna I want to talk to you about this because sometimes the reason why I'm I'm spending time talking about the fivefold ministry and also about, um, false prophets and false, you know, evangelists and teachers and, and, um, uh, miracle workers is because sometimes when you have the gift of the Holy spirit, you have to be careful how you use it because you can open yourself when you go outside of the anointing that God has given you. Let's say you are called to be a prophet, but you want to walk in the gift of, um, Miracles, You want to, you know, you deliver people from demons, but you don't have the anointing. God has not given you that anointing. God has not given you that mantle or that grace. When you step out in your own might and you start to walk in that without the anointing of the Lord, you are acting like those sons in the, the, the sons of Sceva. You are acting like that. And then that opens you up to demons, opens you up to to the realm realm of uh, demonic beings the realm of the the devil basically because then you start to tap into demonic activities or demonic um sources because god has not god has not given you that authority so it's very important to be submitted to where god has you if he has you as an apostle be an apostle if he has you as a teacher be a teacher if he if he has you as a, a prophet be a prophet If he has you as a pastor, be a pastor. If he has you as an evangelist, be an evangelist. Do not go outside of where God has graced you to be, okay? So I want to say this in um, Acts 8, 9. It says, now for some time, a man named Simeon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, okay? So those people who always boasting or always trying to um you know bring glory to themselves those are the people that you know the enemy want to use because remember when you walk in the anointing of the lord when you walk in the nine gifts of the holy spirit in your mentors of the you know the the fivefold ministry you are not giving glory to yourself you're not boasting in your own greatness you are boasting in the greatness of the lord the greatness of who he is okay so you will know you know a a, a false prophet a false um you know, miracle worker, when they boast in their own mind, when they boast about their own ability to do things, you know, five foot ministry leaders never boast in their own ability. They don't, they they realize that they don't have an ability because the ability comes from the Lord. They boast in the Lord. They boast in the the fact that God has chosen them to be able to do this. And they boast and say that it is the Lord's, that it, it is the Lord's doing. It is Him who has given them the ability to do it. They never say it is them. You understand? So let's keep reading. Um, And all the people, both high and low, came to him. uh, Excuse me. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, The man is rightly called the great power of God, which is a lie. Um, 11. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. That's why you have to be careful who you're following, because you might be following somebody for a long time, but you don't know what their source is coming from. Like I said in the beginning, you know them by their fruit, okay? If they're giving glory to the Lord, if they're, you know, giving power to the Lord, if they're walking in truth in the word, if they're teaching the word of God, they are using the word of God as their, you know, their armor. That is a true man of God, a true leader of the Lord. Let's keep reading. It says 12. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simeon himself believed and was baptized. So, you know, enter in Philip. Philip introduced them to the good news of the kingdom of God. Okay. Simeon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. So we see that, you know, Simeon, who was a sorcerer, now became a believer, you know, and was baptized. So it shows you that, you know, those that are lost in, you know, adultery, those that are lost in idol-worshiping God desires for them to be saved, for them to be, to, to be believers, for them to be baptized, you know, and to turn from those ways. So 14 it says when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaria that Samaria had accepted the word of God they sent Peter and John to Samaria when they arrived they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the holy spirit because the holy spirit had not yet come on them on any of them they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus so remember when you are baptized, like how um, John the Baptist baptized people, you are baptized um, in, in repentance. Your, your body is, you know, placed underwater. It's just an a outward manifestation of your inward change. That's what repentance, baptism is all about. But when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, that is being baptized by fire, by the fire of God, okay? That is a different level of baptism. That's when the Holy Spirit comes um, bestows upon you and gives you um the gift of the holy spirit okay and even if you have the gift of the holy spirit in you that is when that gift start to be manifested start to start to be um, put to work okay then peter and john place their hands on them and they receive the holy spirit because they have the holy spirit in them peter and john they're able to give the holy spirit to some to the people who want it who desire it um, 18, when Simeon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying, of, at the laying on, on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So this is where it becomes very um, diabolical. Because what the Holy Spirit is, it's not to be bought. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given freely. A gift is never to be bought, okay? That's why it's important that you are opening yourself to the Lord and realizing that if God is giving you a gift of the Holy Spirit, that means that He willingly gives it to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to buy it. So going to psychics for them to tell you, a prof, you know a, a word a um to tell you about your future that is you practicing sorcery that is you buying you know um things that is not from the lord you never buy a word of the lord you never no prophet will ever come to you and you should know this a prophet that a prophet that comes to you and tell you Give me this amount of money and I will prophesy to you. That is not a prophet of the Lord. Because God is not in the business of acquiring money from the gift that he gives his people. He only wants the glory. That's it. He doesn't want you to go around asking people for money so you can prophesy on them. That's when you're tapping into demonic realms. Okay. So Simeon here was a believer. He was baptized. But he did not. Understand that the gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift, it's not to be bought with, it's not to be purchased. You know, we even our salvation is not purchased with money, our salvation is a gift that God gave us by giving us His only Son. Okay, we are bought with the prize of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus that can never be purchased with any money. You, nothing on this earth can ever buy. That salvation, no but nothing can, can be measured to the ability of Jesus Christ laying down his life for us. Which is why salvation is not bought, it's a gift. God is in the business of giving us gift. Okay? So here comes Simeon wanting to have the same ability of laying hands and he wants to buy it. So th- let's hear what, what the apostles tell him. Um, So let's look at 20. Um, so Act eight twenty, Peter answered, "May your money perish with you." He said, "May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part of she- or no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before the Lord, before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that He may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart." For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin, and this is true. Okay, it's all about that's what I'm saying. You have to walk in love because guess what? Peter and and John laid their hands on the people to give them to for them to receive the Holy Spirit because they have love and compassion for the people in your heart. Okay, and they want to give God glory. They told him, Simeon, "This is not for." for money okay you are not part of this ministry this is not good because your heart is not right his heart wanted to have glory his heart wanted uh power he wanted power so people would see him as powerful peter john and the apostles and the disciples of the lord they did not walk in the anointing to be seen as powerful. They walked in the anointing to be to be to give glory to the Lord, to have to see people saved and 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 delivered and sanctified. Their heart posture was right with the Lord. They had compassion. They had love for the Lord for the people. Do you understand? That's why it's important. That's why the Bible says that we have to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our, our, our mind, with all our being. Right? I'm paraphrasing. And to love the and to love our neighbors as ourselves, he did not love the Lord, he did not love his neighbor as himself, he loved himself, he just he just wanted glory for himself, he just wanted to have that power so he can walk around boastful, okay, and the apostle put him in check. Let's hear what Simeon said. Then Simeon answered, "Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me." After they had further proclaimed the Word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the Gospel in many Samaritan villages. So you see here that the 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 gift of the Holy Spirit is never bought it's given freely willingly by the Lord, okay so whoever comes to you telling you that you know hey um you know um Give me this amount of money and I will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. You are are the gift of, you know, of God. You should run. You should go the other way. You should really walk away from that person. Because they are giving you something that is not from the Lord. They are trying to tap into a place that is not God-ordained. Okay? And so, be careful with that. That's why I wanted to talk about this before we went into um what the gift of the Holy Spirit is all about. Okay. So with that being said, I wanna read um I wanna read this. Um Matthew seven fifteen to twenty. Okay. Let's look at Matthew seven fifteen to twenty. Let's look at that. So Matthew seven fifteen to twenty it says keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Okay? This is talking about when you pray to the Lord. If you are somebody that desires to have the gift of the Holy Spirit, God is saying you can ask and you will receive it. He is willing to give us gift. It says here in 9, Matthew 7, 9, You parents, if if your children ask you, excuse me, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And these are the good gifts. Some of the good gifts are the Holy Spirit that the Lord want to give you. Okay. So I want us to look at 15. Beware of false prophets. Okay. Beware of false prophets. So let's look at Matthew 7, 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Which is the narrow gate to heaven then the hallway to hell is broad. I'm reading from the n um the n l t version The hallway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for them for the many who choose that way, meaning the you know the the way to to distraction to to hell is very big, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it, meaning that you know. Only a few really find salvation and find that the the, the benefit of, of following the Lord is the best way. Only a few find that. So 15, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheeps, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit, you can identify them. Um, can you pick grapes from... Thorn bushes or fixed from tussles, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so so you can identify people by their actions. Okay. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. So when the judgment time comes, when judgment day comes, those who call on the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, you know, calling on Jesus. Oh, Lord, Lord. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, are going to enter into the kingdom of God. Let's see why. 22. On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, Lord we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Be- get away from me, you who break God's law. So, this is telling you that just because you walk in miracles, signs and wonders, you have the gift of the, you know, you have, you know, ability to walk in miracles doesn't mean that that gives you a right to enter into the kingdom of god no just because you are able to you know flow in healing and in in driving out demons and prophesying that doesn't give you a um the ability to enter the kingdom of god to enter into heaven Why it says, I never knew you, get away from me, you who break God's laws. If you don't live by the word of God and you perform miracles and you prophesy, guess what? You are not abiding by the the law of the Lord. Okay, let's look at Moses, for example. Moses walked in miracles, God used him to part the, the, the sea for the, for the Israelites to walk, you know, through, to go to, you know, the wilderness, to be able to go to the promised land, to Jericho, right? God told Moses, what did he tell Moses to do? He told Moses to um, allow water from the rock, right? And he gave him instructions to do that right? He gave him instructions on how to bring the water. All right, so let's take a music break and then we will go and continue and finalize our teaching today. I hope that you are learning something because this is really edifying myself and I hope you've been edified as well. All right, this song is called Spirit of God by Psalmist Rain. So, because Moses did not listen to the um, the instructions of the Lord, even though God gave him the ability to walk in miracles, he did not enter into the 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 um the promised land. And that is the same that goes for those that don't listen to the Lord, don't obey His commandments. You can walk in miracles, you can walk in prophecy and healing and what whatnot, but if you don't really follow the Lord and really um, obey the Lord and, and obey his word and live by his word you will not enter you will say Lord Lord I did this and did that and did that you will not enter just as Moses did not enter the promised land you are not going to enter your promised land which is heaven so let's look at what Moses did we can learn something from this I'm so numbers 20 Moses um, numbers 20 Seven, the Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community community, so they and their livestock can drink. What did God tell him to do? He said, speak to that rock before their eyes, right? Let's see what Moses did. 9. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? So Moses did what God was, you know, told him to do right now, as we see. But then this is where Moses went left side. Instead of what God told him to do. 11. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Twice he did. He did not do just one. He did did not just strike it one time. He did it twice. Water gushed out. And the community and their livestock drank. So Moses did not obey the Lord's commandments and his words and his law. Let's see what happens. 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Okay, this is where the key thing is. You did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy. This is why we walk in our gifts and our you know, um, 5 food ministry mentals to trust in the Lord and to honor Him as holy. Moses did not do this. And Aaron was beside him. So you have to be careful because many will say, Lord, Lord, but they will not enter because that's what Jesus said. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons. Let me let me read it. It says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I, was, I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Moses was breaking the law of the Lord by disobeying what God told him to do in Numbers 20. So I I I have talked a lot about, you know, the things that you should not do and the things that you should do before I speak about the gift of the Holy Spirit because I I want I want you to know that it's not for our glory. One is to point to Jesus Christ. Two it's not for, you know, um for you to be seen by men, okay? And and three, it, three, it's it, you have to be careful not going outside of your um your grace or your anointing, which is why it says in the Bible that He has given some apostles. He has He has called some to be prophets, some to be um you know apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors. Okay, because You cannot be, you know, everything in one. There are times where you will be a prophet at a place and somebody else will be a pastor at that place that God leads you to go to, okay? And there are times where you'll be an evangelist at a place and you have to let somebody be a prophet at a place, okay? So unity is important. God is talking about unity because without unity... What he's trying to manifest in the fivefold ministry and to his sheeps, it can't really go forth like he wants it to do. If God cannot use you because you don't want to be unified, he's going to choose somebody else. We don't want rocks crying out for us, do we now? Ephesians four eleven says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the performing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. We have to remember that. It's it's for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. To perfect the saints. For the work of the ministry of God. And to edify the body of Christ. So you have to ask yourself, why are you doing this? Why are you an apostle? Why are you a prophet? Why are you an evangelist? Why are you a pastor? Why are you a teacher? Are you perfecting the saints? Are you working for the kingdom of God? Are you edifying the body of Christ? If that's so, then yeah, you're working toward the Lord. You're working onto the Lord. And not onto yourself. Right? So, remember this before we get into um, some part of the, you know, the Holy Spirit gift. Before we talk about it. Um, So let's, now that we have established that, let's look at the gift of the Holy Spirit, okay? And this is part one. Um, Part two will talk about, um, part two will talk about basically in depth what the gift of the Holy Spirit is all about. But I felt really led to talk about this. To let people know that God is not looking for people who are walking with him that want to bring themselves glory or you know um walk out of position thinking that God is going to keep pouring his spirit on them no that is not what God is all about let's look at um 1 Corinthians 12 let's look at what the gift of the holy spirit are um so it says 1 Corinthians 12 now brothers I mean excuse me now about the gift of the spirit brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols therefore i want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of god says jesus is jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord. Except by the Holy Spirit. Which is why. People who are possessed by demons. Cannot say Jesus is Lord. They cannot say it. And believe it. It's hard for them to say it. Because then they are given honor. To the Lord. So for There are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit. Which is the Holy Spirit. Distributes them. Okay. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. All of these are under God, okay? There are different kinds of working, but in, the, in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So everyone who is in the five-fold ministry that is edifying the people, perfecting the saints, working for the ministry of God, they are working under the same Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge I' am reading from the n i v version by this by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gift of healing by one by um by that one spirit to another miracles miraculous powers. To another prophecy, to another dis- distinguishing between spirits, which is being able to discern spirit behind what somebody says and what somebody does, or even even being able to distinguish um, demonic spirit from heavenly spirit, okay? To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, which is what the apostles were waiting for, you know, in the upper room and to steal another interpretation of tongues okay so not only are you able to speak in in tongues but you are able to understand it those are gifts as well all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines okay this is important just as he determines the lord determines it nobody can give you a gift the Holy Spirit until the Lord himself determined it now we see that you know John and Peter and Paul placed their hand on people and they received the Holy Spirit you know and some of them spoke in tongues and some of them prophesied it's because it is the will of the Holy Spirit to give those the gift to them somebody who walks in miracles can place their hand on somebody to receive the miracle the power of miracles. But if the Holy Spirit does not will, does not determine to give that person that that gift, the person is not going to receive it. The same goes from when I talk about Simeon, the sorcerer, who believed, who, who was baptized and believed, and he wanted to buy, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power, to the ability to be able to pray over somebody and then receive the Holy Spirit. He wanted that same power. Because his heart was not right. He was not able to receive that. Do you understand? That's why it is up to the Holy Spirit to determine a person's heart. To see if it's okay for them to get that gift. Because the Bible says that man sees the outer appearance, but God sees the heart, right? When you look in the Bible, when Samuel was sent to anoint one of Jesse's children, and he almost anointed the wrong son, God said he has not ordained that person to be anointed. I'm just paraphrasing. That person is rejected. He he has not called that person, you know. And, and Samuel realized that, oh wait, God sees the heart, but man sees the outer appearance. That person is rejected by God because your heart is not right. So realize that if somebody, if you have the gift of faith, knowledge, wisdom, you know, discernment of spirit prophecy healing tongues and interpretation of tongues if you if somebody desires it and you you know pray for them you got to seek the Holy Spirit first ask the Holy Spirit ask God do you want me to pray for this person to receive it the Holy Spirit will tell you the Holy Spirit will tell you will nudge you will give you clarity about that but realize that not everybody can receive it because not everybody has the faith to receive or has the heart posture to receive it. That's why I wanted to talk about love before. I want to talk about the heart, okay? The heart, the the, the motives behind being in the five-foot ministry, the motive behind having the gift of the Holy Spirit because... If your motive is not right you are not gonna get it you're not gonna operate in it as you should okay so this ends the first part of um what the um you know the um the gift of the holy spirit is all about but i i want to reemphasize emphasize this as well that you know he said he gave some you know some he gave some apostles uh pastors and all that and it said here you know he he gave to another he gives to another he gives to another so there are some people who don't have certain gift that you have but all of these gifts are supposed to work together to give glory to the lord supposed to work together okay so that god is edified to work together all right, to edify the people, to uplift the, glo- the, the the name of the Lord, okay, to to give Him honor, to 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 trust in Him for Him to be able to co cooperatively work with everybody as one, as unity, for what He wants to do to manifest. Which is why He He gives some some of the gift, and He gives some other gift because God is all about unity. Unity is important to Him. Where there is unity, there is a presence of the Lord magnified, okay? I want I want us to look at this before we end the, the, um, the Bible study for today. Unity and diversity in the body. God is trying to tell you this right now. He wants you to realize that when you have these gifts, okay, it's important to be unified as one. Nobody should ever be jealous of another's gift. Nobody should ever envy another's gift or nobody should ever belittle somebody else's gift okay god doesn't like that he wants unity and diversity in the body what is the body the body of christ the the people his children so let's read this first corinthians 12 12 just as a body though one has many parts and this is what god is saying about the gifts and the mentors that he has for people for the five foot ministry But all its many parts form one body. So is with Christ. All of these many parts. All of these gifts form one body. 13. For we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles. Slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so the body is not made up of. One part, but many parts. Okay? Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. That's why we have many gifts. That's why we have many leadership in the five ministry. 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Okay. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So what is this saying? That you if you're if you have the gift of prophecy, you can't just say, "Oh, you know, I I don't belong to, you know, um the body of Christ because I am a, a prophet. So I just want to do my own thing." You know, or you can, or if you say you are a pastor, and so you you believe that you know your your anointing or your pastoral mental is the only thing that is needed to be able to run the whole church, and that evangelists are not needed, or apostles are not needed, or prophets are not needed, or uh, teachers are not needed, then you are mistaken. Then you are saying that you are basically um, this part. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the smell, the sense of smell be? That means that you want to be an ear. You want to be the smell. You want to be the, the nose, the feet, the the everything. You cannot do that. That is not what unity is all about. God wants the the five-foot ministry to unify. Those that are the feet to unify with the leg. Those that are the ears didn't unify with the the nose and the, the the hands and the you know every part of the body is important okay so this is what God is saying to the people that I cannot say to the hand I don't need you 21 and the hand and the head cannot say to the feet I don't need you and I feel like this is what people are doing in the fivefold ministry in the church we cannot keep telling each other we don't need each other If we don't need each other, then why did God create the fivefold ministry? Why did God say some are apostles, some are prophets, some are evangelists, some are teachers, some are pastors? Why did God do that? Because he wants unity. We cannot keep telling pastors, cannot keep telling prophets, you are not needed, you are not needed, or your voice is not needed in the church. If somebody has shown themselves to be a voice of the Lord, and you will know them. They what a what a prophet of the Lord says will come to pass. It will happen. You know, if the person has shown themselves to be a true prophet of the Lord, you cannot, as a pastor, you cannot shut them out. You cannot say, I don't need you. Okay? Because we need we need we need the prophets. And if you're a prophet, you can say you don't need a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist or a prophet. We cannot keep saying that to each other. We cannot keep saying first um, corinthians 12 um 21 to each other the I cannot say to the hand i don't need you and the head cannot say to the feet i don't need you this is the message to the people right now to the um fivefold ministry and to the to the to the body of christ we need to stop telling each other we don't need each other because we do we do now i'm not saying that have somebody that's toxic in your life, if God has told you to remove somebody out of your life, then remove the person. If God has told you this person is not good to be in your life at this season, obey If God has told you you know um reevaluate your circle because you know um bad company corrupt good judgment then then understand what God is saying and and obey you know. If God is telling you to not do certain things or not associate with certain people or certain places, then be in obedience to it because he knows why he says that. But if God has brought the right people in your life, if God has brought the right true people that he himself has acknowledged and has confirmed, this is the right person, this is the right people in your life, do not say, I don't need you, you know, do not say that. So, 22, on contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Alright, so we have to have equal concern for each other. Apostles should be concerned about prophets. Prophets should be concerned about apostles. Teachers are, are concerned about pastors. Pastors are concerned about teachers. Pastors concerned about prophets, prophets concerned about pastors, evangelists concerned about pastors and preachers and teachers and apostles and prophets. The same go every one of the fivefold ministry is supposed to be concerned for each other. That's what God is saying. If one part suffers, twenty six, First Corinthians twelve twenty six. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Okay, so if something good happens, we all rejoice. If something bad happens to one of us, we all suffer. This is what unity is all about. Now it says 27. Now you are the body of Christ. Okay, that's why God leaves the nine the 99 for the one. Okay? Because the one who is suffering is important. When that one comes back and be part of the 99. Rejoice, rejoicing comes, right? So 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gift of healing, of of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets. Are all teachers. Do all work miracles. Do all have gift of healing. Do all speak in tongues. Do all interpret. Now eagerly desire. The greater gifts. Okay. So. And it says here. And yet I will show you. The most excellent way. So that's 1 Corinthians 12. God is speaking to you all as leaders, as 5 ministry, as the sheeps, as the children of God, as sons and daughters of the Lord. Unity is so important. Unity and diversity in the body is important. So let us stop glorifying ourselves. Let us stop bring, boasting in our gifts and boasting in the Lord. Let's boast in our weaknesses. For in our weaknesses, God is strong. Let us work together in unity. Not telling each other we don't need each other. Let us work together. Apostles work together. Prophets work together. Teachers work together. Pastors work together. Evangelists work together. Let us work together. Okay? So God, I thank you for this message. Father, I come to you as a humble servant, as your humble daughter, as your humble child, God. I come to you and I pray on behalf of your people, on behalf of the 5 ministry, on behalf of your children. God, you see what the enemy has tried to do to cause division, to cause confusion, to cause delay, to cause dysfunction. God, I ask you to please search our hearts, search our motives, search our body, the body of your people, the body of Christ. Search us, God, and remove anything that is not like you. Search our heart, God. Search our minds. Search our body. Search our soul. Search our being. Search us, O Lord, and know our heart. try us and know our thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in us, and lead us in the way everlasting, as according to psalms one thirty nine twenty three to twenty four Father, I pray that Lord, let your mind be on us, God, let our mind be in Christ. Let our mind be in you God, let our mind be in you, let our mind be in you God. Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. God, I pray for that. Philippians 2, 5 to 7 on us, God, that we will be found as a servant in your house, God, to give you glory, to give you power, to give you adoration, to give you the the, the, the honor that you deserve to to, to 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 boast about your power to 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 glorify about the power that you have. To say it is the power of the Lord that we walk in our gift and in our mentals. Not in our own power, not in our own might, but the spirit of the Lord. So God, I pray for humility upon us. That we will be your humble children. That we will not walk in our own ways, in our own minds. We will not lean on our own understanding. But in, in all our ways, we will acknowledge you and you will direct our path. So, God, I pray that, Lord, you search our hearts as the apostles searched the hearts of Simeon. Those that wanted to have a desire to be able to operate in an anointing that you have not called them to operate in. God, I pray you search our hearts. So we are able to walk in what you're calling us to walk in. So I thank you, Father. And I praise your holy name. And I pray that, Lord, let this teaching fall on good soil. Let what you have said manifest. And let what the enemy is trying to do be dismantled, be eradicated, be destroyed by the blood of Jesus. So I thank you, God, and I praise your holy name. And it's in the name of Jesus I do pray. Amen.
1: The dry land dust of the earth formed a man like me human reason questions how these things could be yeah. for with man it's impossible but with you all things are possible that's why we need How we need you With man it's impossible But with you all things are possible the darkness, the graves of our past, resurrected in victory. Humanism questions how these things could be.